0: that's how it's set up that it's Topanga who needs to repair this because Topanga is the one who broke this and it's like no Topanga rightfully was like hold on wait a minute my definition of love was challenged and the guy that I'm engaged to is not making it any better
1: honestly bro I'm so disappointed in their relationship like I agree it, as an adult watching this it's such a a letdown to see Cory and Topanga not live up to what they were in my brain when I was a kid. When this boy meets world.
0: What up, bros? What up, bros? And welcome to Brad Meets World. When this Brad Meets World. Your boy meets world fancast 2024. <laughs> i feed
1: i am tony coitus how are you
0: welcome back welcome back welcome back welcome back back. okay (laughs) i have no why i have no idea why we're animated maybe it's because we're tired who knows but
1: maybe i i anytime i hear the welcome back potter theme song i get lit
0: i i don't know if that's just me but Anytime I hear it, I actually think of the Mace remix.
1: The Mace sample is so good, it's one of the best samples of all time. It really is. (laughs)
0: is. (laughs) Check out the song, you'll love it.
1: By the way, can I just say, I miss the Mace era of rap, rap was so much fun fun in like the late 90s when it was all about just like shiny suits and obviously the p diddy of it all we're not going to discuss but
0: oh you want to bring up diddy you
1: want to bring up diddy? actual <laughs> music that mace himself was contributing to was so much fun it was so much fun. i wish i was in the clubs when like the that pur- when that
0: dropped man
1: okay go ahead, i sorry.
0: agree with you no 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 I, i'm with you like i like it was fun. It was a different time. I don't know. I don't even know where we're at in rap. I feel so old. Um, because yeah. I can't tell you what's going on in music at all, other than the music that I listen to. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh I know that uh Megan's still killing it. I, yeah. I enjoyed me some stallion. Sure. That's where I'm at.
1: So. I feel like Drake throws out some bullshit every few months or so. So there's I that. saw
0: something not too long ago that was like <laughs> Drake is going through a midlife crisis and we should all just be aware of that. And I was like, yeah, no, it, it kind of (laughs) shows. I think
1: Drake is one of the most mid rappers of all time. I do not know how he got on the, like the hall of fame. Come after me.
0: Come after me. I'll have this conversation. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well you have to have that conversation with somebody who knows what they're talking about. Cause I just told you, (laughs) I haven't really updated my playlist at all, Sure. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) but we are here. To talk about something brand new, at least for us, in a brand new year, we will be talking about Season 7, Episode 4, There's No Such Thing as a Sure Thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: As always, if you are listening to us for the first time, hi, I'm Siege, and make sure that you hit subscribe um, if you're listening, watching this on YouTube, make sure that you hit follow if you are watching, listening to this on your phone, um, and check out our patreon we got merch we'll do all the rest of the shindigs later sure but now would be a good time to just kind of mosey on into the tell me about it
1: yes let's get into the tell me about it for season seven episode four
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> I told you. I don't know there's, why. I took a, a deep breath and I choked.
1: <laughs> I, I saw a TikTok that was like, everyone has a subtle cough now. And people were like speculating in the comments. were like, it's winter. Like, it's just, it's winter. I mean,
0: maybe it is, but that don't mean it's good. <laughs> like, <laughs> long,
1: long term COVID. Long uh, term. Okay. <clears throat> Millennials,
0: uh, the future is just bleak. It is. It's like, bleak. It is what it is. <laughs> They can tell us we have anything. We're like, you know what? Honestly. Probably. Probably. <laughs> Honestly.
1: I, I drink Coke Red Mountain Dew. Can't tell you what it is.
0: <laughs> You're right. We were raised on Four Loco at a point in time. At this point in time, we make it to any new age. And we like, you know what? That was longer than expected.
1: <laughs> Unregulated Four Loco? I'm surprised I'm still alive. <laughs> um, okay, let's jump in this four.
0: <clears throat> tell us about it.
1: School spirit is in the air. Jack and Eric place bets on college games while Topanga debates taking
0: Corey's last name. You know, I was going to get you for being pitchy, but then you brought it back around and you made it made sense. I like it. I liked what I heard. Okay, uh, you guys, this is season seven, episode four. There's no such thing as a sure thing. Topanga's parents come into town to share their divorce reasons, prompting Topanga to reconsider her relationship with Corey, ultimately leading to them getting back together. In a B storyline, the Pembroke versus the Amish football game is here, and we learn that Jack has a gambling addiction, which Eric, of course, makes worse.
1: Can I just say that that synopsis was so much easier to follow than this actual episode?
0: FYI, I did have to like move some things around in order to make it work, but you're right.
1: (laughs) I thought this episode was trash. I'm just going to say it were flat out.
0: Really? I
1: did not care for this episode. I want to get through this quickly. Yeah, this episode, I'm just kind of whatever about.
0: You know, it's I'm, I'm whatever about the episode, I'll give you that right off the bat. But I like lately season seven is so polarizing for us because mm. episodes that you love and you're like, I'm having a good time, I'm like, What are we doing? and episodes that I'm like, You know what, I, I can dig it, you're like, Trash, throw it away. And yeah. I just that that makes for a good conversation, I guess. Yeah. Um, get into it, roll call, you lied to me, you know what, I, I saw will say myself that. some re re. i'm
1: gonna gonna take back what i said i said i did not know if we were gonna get any other follow-up on them in all fairness they're back they came back for one day of filming in all fairness they were in this episode for all of five minutes if you went to the bathroom during the live airing of this (laughs) you missed it it happened so fast it's such a kernel of what this episode was
0: completely agree i'm just saying you told me that last time I saw Marsha, that was the last time I would be seeing Marsha. You're right. You're right. <laughs> and I, and the reason why I bring that up is because I actually like Marsha Cross um, as Rhiannon this episode. I really, I thought she did better. You know what?
1: You're right. You know, we had a poll on our Instagram recently where we were asking people who they thought was the best of Topanga's parents. And I believe uh, Peter Tork, who played her father originally, was the clear winner. But I think people preferred Marshall Cross over... Um, Annette O'Toole and so No actually oh, it was the other way. The
0: results, it's, Well I will say there's debate Still I can't look at like I can't remember Like the specific numbers but Annette O'Toole Actually was getting a lot of the votes And I was like I disagree and that's The one reason why I remember because a lot Of the votes were like and I think it's just like the Peter Tork pairing if you're gonna yeah. have Peter, Peter Tork then Annette O'Toole Feels like she goes Sure
1: the, that's the but, one thing I do remember reading is that people thought Marshall Cross was way too young to play
0: Topanga's mom in
1: this, and I, I kind of believe her.
0: And I did the math, and at the time she would have been thirty-seven um, when the episode originally aired, and playing like I could see her playing like a forty-year-old mom. And if okay. that's the case, then she she would have she could have a daughter. Damn, she just looks
1: great. She just, she looks, just great.
0: looks great. However, yeah. Annette O'Toole is 10 years older than Marisha Cross, mm. and I think that's where everybody was like, now nah, that's the That, <laughs> Th- that math is mathic. That math is um,
1: Okay, let me tell you a, right off the bat a big problem I have with this episode. Talk to me.
0: Uh, the Sean and Angela of it all. Ooh, interesting. Okay, okay, talk, talk to me. This is so, I'm like, really excited. I don't know why, because I just... Everything that you say, I disagree with, but... <laughs> no, it's I'm fine. It, you know what it was? It was that
1: there was, like, a few episodes ago when they originally broke these two up, Corey and Topanga. Yeah. I was just like, man, they're going through all of this just to put them back together in a neat little bow in just a few episodes. And you know what? I was right. And because of that, I feel like the, all the stakes that were prepped up over the last few episodes that were supposed to be the stakes for the season, I just don't think hold up and I feel like this episode wrapping everything up so quickly and a cute little bow with Topanga getting jealous because Corey's getting that penguin pussy like I know I'm not. I don't believe it and I'm having a hard time coming to terms with the fact that like, you know what Sean and Angela I get it they're excited to be back together they're making out nonstop that's fine why go go to the dorm. Go have sex. Like, why are you in the middle of here doing this? Like, it just feels like a waste of them. In the same way, I feel like they were just props so Corey could look, point to them and say, to Topanga, why aren't we doing this? And have Topanga be like, well, I do miss making out with Corey. Like, it just felt like, I don't know. I wasn't a fan.
0: I disagree. Yeah, you want to know why? Because I felt like we get, we get so often we get our side characters who are doing nothing. Like I said, when, um... Sean goes to Pittsburgh with Corey. Ryder is literally just there for the ride. He's not doing anything. So the idea of having Ryder and Trina constantly making out in the background to the point where like, even um, Feeney is like, how you doing? You know, like, it's like <laughs> are, are you guys good? Are you still there? Are you still breathing? taking taking uh little breaks for water you know like stuff like that like I thought it was funny because it's just showing hey they are back together they've they've wanted to be back to, together I felt like that desire of being back together and that passion of all that built up weight is coming out now so to me a, they didn't really have place in the storyline. So to have them just constantly make it out in the background made sense because these are, a. this is a couple that denied themselves what they wanted for so long. And that does come back together that we're not just making out for the sake of making out, we're making out because we are actually happy and we're allowing ourselves to be happy. I liked that. Sure, um, It was yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. You it know what not. I
1: I think would have been better? But if they weren't in this episode, not that I miss them, but I just feel like any extra time that could have gone towards addressing Topanga's actual concerns, the actual history of Topanga and Corey, any time that could have contributed to that, I feel like should have. And I feel like Sean and Angela, and honestly the whole Eric and Jack thing, I rolled my eyes at most of it.
0: Okay. So here's the thing. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm I'm laughing because I feel like we've, like, done a Freaky Friday in the sense that I am someone who is looking at this as an episode of television, i.e. this is a contained event, and what does they need to do from beginning to end? And if you are a writer who came in, and they've already said all this other stuff, and you get this episode, and you're like, all right, well, I got to make all that make sense, and I got to get us over here. I will say this. To get, if if
1: you were given the assignment, hey, this is where we're at right now with all these characters. You need to make it so that Corey and Topanga are back together by the end of this episode. They accomplished it. They yeah. did it. And, they in a way that's
0: believ- believable. And in a way that actually felt like some, like some, Topanga, Topanga learned the reasons that were holding her back. I'm going to come back to that a little bit. But like, to me, I really felt like Topanga went through her own little story art. I don't want to be with anyone. I don't want to be, I don't want to hurt Corey. I found out why my parents are divorcing. Revelation, I hate my father. I hate all men. I don't want to be with anyone. My mom telling me, hey, that's not actually how this works. You shouldn't uh, build your whole life on me and your father's relationship. I wouldn't trade a moment for it. Um, I was waiting for her to say, because it let me have you, but she didn't say that. So we'll, you know, again, we'll come back to that. And then at the end, hey, I want to be together again. That is good. This is a transition episode. This does the work that we've talked about of getting us from the breakup to the wedding happening in a way that at least is acknowledging it. And we're not just Corey did some grand gesture and she suddenly, she didn't wake up one day and they don't address it at all. You know, this show is notorious for dropping storylines. And you're like, didn't we just have a problem? And they're like, nope. I guess that's over. This episode actually kind of looks back a little bit and makes all the other nonsense make sense. I do wish, and I don't know if it was a timing thing, I do wish that the um, Jedediah and Rhiannon scene was in either the previous episode or two episodes ago. Like, it does feel weird to be placed here when we're doing our football hijinks and everything else
1: we spend so much more time on the football hijinks than we do in wrapping up the major conflict of the season six finale and season one premiere that is my problem this episode is full of bullshit if you (laughs) wanted to tie everything up in a neat little bow why not spend the majority of the time on that, hey, we have Tpinga's parents coming back. She's gonna have a major revelation. Why is it that the parents make a blink if you and you miss it appearance in this? I like, give you that. Maybe it's budget. Maybe it's whatever. But they had the budget for a bunch of extras and a bunch of new costumes. And apparently, Jack Eric. And Rachel are all cheerleaders. All of a sudden, Thank you. This is what I'm talking about. Like this episode is full of nothing. Like even the Jack <laughs> and Eric storyline ends with nothing. So why do going spend so to... much time on it?
0: I'm gonna have to hold you. This is one of those things where like you're all over the place, and so we're gonna we're gonna do a little guy. I only bring a up the corralling. B storyline
1: to say that that's
0: <laughs> part of the problem I
1: have with the A storyline is that we do not give Topanga and her issues the respect it deserves and the time it deserves for her to work through these issues. We spend way more time dealing with some football player who can't pass a test, which is a story they've already done, by the way. To then Topanga's major like healing journey. So I just feel like that's that's my beef.
0: Okay, so it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like your main problem with this episode is that instead of giving us development and depth and storyline with Topanga, uh, after giving us this huge revelation of Corey and Topanga's wedding is now off because yes. of the divorce, we instead shoehorn that resolution in amongst regular sitcom nonsense is that that correct? is
1: exactly what my problem is thank you for articulating with that no no and
0: the reason why i the only reason why i clarified that is because i agree with you story arc wise that's this and
1: you know what you're right i'm looking at the forest instead of the trees i'm looking at the how like the the arc of Topanga's parents breaking up versus just looking at this episode. And so that could affect my thinking.
0: No, no, no. And again, I think it's important because I don't think you're wrong as a viewer to have a problem with this, but I do think that we are judging episode by episode. And this episode specifically, I thought did a good job as a bridging episode. I will say this.
1: Oh, I will say this. Once we get to... Topanga and her parents, once we get to Topanga working through her emotions with this breakup, I'm into this episode. Yeah. I'm. It's, it's when the episode does all of the other stuff that it feels like filler to me.
0: I agree. And, and the only reason why I brought that up is because it is filler. This episode is to fill in the blank mm. between the conflict and the resolution, i.e. we're getting married. That's what this episode is supposed to do, but I thought that this episode did a good job at doing that job with probably little preparation. You know what I mean? Like, you had someone else do all this nonsense and you were told you needed to get to this place and I thought the episode did it in a fun enough way um, that actually allowed Topanga, specifically, to be outside working on her homework, something that again, Topanga should be doing and would be doing. To see Sean and Angela rekindle and constantly making out and being like, you know, honestly, that's not where I'm at. I'm not in that place. Not like, oh, man, I really wish. She's like, I'm not in that place. That's not what I want.
1: I'm so glad you brought us to this scene, because this is part of problems that I have. (laughs) In this scene, Corey shows up, sees uh, Sean and Angela making out, points at them, demands that Topanga kisses him. Then... Corey forces himself on Topanga. Topanga pushes him away and then apologizes to Corey. And yep. Corey says, I've had enough. And now Topanga's yep. like, what did I do? Now he's gonna like, no, 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 no. From start to from top to bottom, no.
0: Here's All what on. I I'll say to you. I almost had to remove Corey from the storyline completely in order for me to, because at this point in time, Corey's just not likable. He's just not likable. He is so
1: unlike, like it is out of control how unlikable he is with Topanga specifically. Like it's one thing if he was going out of his way to woo her, to win her back, to show how loving he is. He is just demanding and take, like actually physically assaulting taking what he wants in a way where it's like Topanga's not addressing Corey. She's addressing this breakup and this, like, what this breakup has meant to her life versus, like, seeing what her relationship is with this
0: dude at this time in their life. He literally says, you think that's going to stop me? That's not going to stop me. And I'm like, what are we doing? (laughs) Those crazy words. Like, (laughs) truly, when you look at Corian and
1: relationship, I hate to sound like Janet Jackson, but, like, I know he used to do shit for you, but what has he done for you lately?
0: I love that you sound like Janet because, yes, he's trying to control. Sorry. <laughs> no, but seriously, it's just this thing where I
1: they had an opportunity to make Corey likable in this moment of trying to get Topanga back, of bringing back the heart and the romance to the show. And I'm just not seeing it. And so if, if for Topanga to get to this revelation of you know what, not everything's gonna last forever and that's okay, I love that for her. That's such a great lesson, I wanna talk more about that. Yeah. But for her to be like, so I guess I'll get back with Corey now, one and one does not equal two to me.
0: Absolutely, no, again, I told you, I'm talking about the episode, <laughs> I'm talking about the panga, I'm talking about something against parents. Corey, again, says, uh, that's not gonna stop me when you, she says, I don't want to, forces himself on her. She pushes him away. And he goes, "Oh, you getting physical now? That's the kind of relationship we have—domestic violence." And he plays the victim. And you're like, "We were all there." Yeah. And again, everyone just kind of ignore. Like, what I think more than anything is, even in this episode, we see later on with the family, everyone's ignoring Corey because Corey is I so that's annoying. that's the best way to get through life at this point in time. Ignore Corey both him and eric are so obnoxious and
1: annoying in this episode to the point where i was just like dude these matthew kids need to be checked they're annoying out of everyone
0: amy and alan we gotta talk you know what (laughs) we gotta talk
1: (laughs) everything we saw of amy and alan amy and alan the first few seasons we were like wow they're such great tv parents like they really have such a great relationship but part of parenting is the end result yeah who did your kids end what did they end up
0: yes with? because that says
1: a lot about your parenting as well and i have to so say much. as cute as you guys are together no you guys need to reevaluate before yeah. morgan gets old because this isn't working
0: you know what some it's something that uh pod world talks about all the time <laughs> which is that um uh morgan has become a little smartass. so let's yeah. see we have um the idiot savant who Is having a mental break. We have the asshole middle child who assumes everything should be about him and is forcing himself on his ex fiance. Yeah, we have the little shit uh who is constantly mean to everybody, and then we have this new kid, and I feel like they're putting all their hopes and dreams on the new kid. It's like, no, y'all get to do that. Stop.
1: (laughs) And you know what? As an adult with my adult eyes, I see Morgan's like smart aleckness for what it is this this girl's desperate for attention i mean <laughs> she always has been she's been, been the forgotten child
0: <laughs> absolutely so is Corey. i mean like that's the thing what you know what i i, I don't want to blame the parents but all three of these kids want attention and they're not getting it And I think it's time we look at Amy and Alan and be like, well, maybe this (laughs) is an indictment on parenting in the 80s and
1: 90s. That latchkey kid idea of parenting. That walk home after school and make yourself a snack and I'll get home at six o'clock and you're on your own. Like, that's what parenting kind of was until like like the Nickelodeon generation got old enough to say, like, we're going to do things differently. But like, this was it. Maybe this was the best you could have asked for was just like your parents still being together and around.
0: And, I mean, cuz at this point in time, they are the only parents who are still together and yeah. around. Everybody yeah. else's parents are not. So, I mean, maybe they're like we did our job, we stayed together. Ain't nobody else do that. Uh, well, but I just saying that their kids are insane. Right now. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I want I want to address uh, a few things that kind of like tie into this. One is the idea that um Corey First of all, he just decides that he's going to be the penguin. And I was like, there ain't no tryouts. There's like like you just you just decided you would be penguin and they handed you the penguin. <laughs> no, 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 no. We have to back up.
1: What happened was in the Fucking cartoon side story. We're and, going
0: to come back to the side story. That's why I ain't going okay, there Okay, fine, fine.
1: <laughs> there was a, a need for a new mascot. Corey steps up, and my issue is that, like, the catalyst to this episode's journey starting was Corey being like, "Forget Topanga." I'm gonna be the mascot, and Penga's like, "Oh no, he's becoming the mascot!" All over. Like, he walks into the room, everyone's applauding, and she's like looking a little jealous. And I'm like, "No, him putting on the penguin costume is in no way contributing
0: to them getting back together." I can't believe that. Well, no, what he said, what he there are two things, and this, this is why I'm bringing it up. First of all, is she says you can't be the penguin; you'll hurt yourself. And he goes, "I, I ain't gonna listen to you no more." <laughs> I don't see no ring on his finger, yeah. And so he goes off, and he's gonna be the penguin. That's like the catalyst. But him being the mascot suddenly, again, as you said, brings him penguin pussy powers. Like him having- do not
1: (laughs) exist in the history of mankind. He didn't (laughs) even bring her a stone. You know what I mean? Like even (laughs) penguins have rules. (laughs)
0: Even penguins have courting rituals. And you're right. Corey will not follow a courting ritual for nothing. For no one. All of this is to say that Corey goes- and he is now the Penguin mascot. And in doing so, we meet someone else on our roll call, which is... Um, Does she Sasha, even have a name? Sasha Barice plays Janine. Janine, um, okay, okay. He is also... Sasha is um, in The Hangover. She's in The Hangover trilogies. Oh, wow. So okay, very good cool. That's who she is. But... Um, so Sasha comes, and she's just, like, all over Corey. And he's like, but I was... Like, I injured myself. I fell into the tubas. And she's like, that's all funny. That's all right. Hey, do you want to come back to my room after the game? And, of course, Corey is, like, oblivious. What does that mean? And she goes, uh, Corey goes, we barely know each other. Which, you know, having sex. I'm like, sex is on the table. We talking about sex now. And and sex is the one thing that Corey consistently is begging topanga for that she's like not yet not right now so the idea that that would be put in front of them and they have topanga see another girl offer him sex okay
1: all right we have to talk about this
0: yeah this this, (laughs) is why what i want to talk about i brought it up
1: (laughs) this is what i'm talking about you have corey I've been chasing you to marry you. And now I'm immediately considering hooking up with this other girl who wants me solely because she saw me in a penguin costume. We're gonna get back to that.
0: She loves a man in uniform.
1: (laughs) Topanga's issue is that her dad cheated on her mom. Corey cheated on Topanga. Her realizing that her dad's the the marriage ended because of infidelity when she's already experienced infidelity with Corey, and now she's seeing Corey flirt with another girl so soon. This should all be contributing to anxiety. Not that oh, she's going to lose her him, but that Corey is the one that she needs to worry about being like her dad. Not that she needs to worry about being like her mom. Like these are the dots that should be getting connected, and
0: they're not at. All oh, I completely agree with you, by the way. I don't know if you expected me to <laughs> check, but no, but the reason why I brought this up is because they dangle the carrot of sex in front of Corey. And the reason why this is important is because they show Topanga witness it. Yeah. And they're like, uh-oh, Topanga, if you don't, some other girl will. And that's kind of like it's shown as a threat to Topanga. It's not, um, it's not. It's, explicitly said, but there is implication that if she doesn't do it, Corey will do it with someone else. And they even have a whole section where she's like, thinking about it, she's like, Corey is allowed to do whatever he wants to do. And she's kind of like, having that rationality with herself, but I think it's good for Topanga to still stick to her guns and be like, if that's what Corey wants to do, that's what Corey's allowed to do. But she doesn't say so in a confident way. She says so in a I'm second-guessing-myself type of way. And And I... Oh, uh, no, I was just gonna say, and Corey being "quote unquote" rewarded with the option of sex mm-hmm. doesn't come back later with him being like, "Hey, I said no to her." Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like we see Corey actively say, "Actually, it's worth waiting for Topanga." I even if she doesn't want to be with me right now, I can't be with you. If we get that, yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. But that's not what we get.
1: No, and we've already seen Corey turn down a girl in the dorm without Topanga's knowledge, and that was a few seasons ago. Like, why not bring it in now that it's relevant? My major issue is the conversation that Angela and Topanga have because Angela sits out with Topanga and is like, oh, well, I pushed away Sean for so long, and now I'm the happiest I've ever been. So our situations are the same. And it's like, girl, why aren't you bringing up anything that Corey has done to topanga to make her uncomfortable to push against her boundaries to go against her wishes like there are things as the best friend that you could be saying to be like hey i know you're shook right now because he's getting that penguin pussy but like realistically you had multiple reasons to not be that's what i wanted and i i know i'm not gonna get that and i'll give up on it
0: i agree with you because what happened what angela says made me angry as well as what happens later which is angela goes to Panga and says, "How much more? What do you want from anyone?" Corey already went to Pittsburgh to try Ugh. to get your parents back together. Do not everyone reward is Do not about. Yeah, everyone is trying to make you happy, and it's like, are they? Is anyone? Because later on in the episode, when she's actually saying what she wants, Corey ignores her. So yep. it's not like like the problem is. Topanga is being ignored, and we are ignoring that fact. Look, I get it. I get that this is a show where it's like the boy needs to learn. This is boy meets world, and Corey's got to be the center of it. But you still don't have Corey listening. As a matter of fact, it's played for a joke at the end of the episode that Corey's not listening to Topanga. No one is listening to Topanga. Very similar to last episode where Angela was like, I don't want this boy around. Everybody was like, we know you. You do. And that, bro, (laughs) thank you because that kind of contributes to all of
1: this. By having it be this thing where Angela finally comes around and goes to Topanga, don't you feel like he's done enough? It just makes it feel like every issue that Topanga's had about why she hasn't gotten wanted to get married has just everyone has just kind of been flippant about it. Everyone has been downplaying it and no one is taking it seriously, including now her best friend. So it's just like, I, I it's not respecting what this gut feeling is that's scaring her away.
0: Exactly. And thank you. First of all, anyone, any person out there who's in a relationship, trust your instincts. Trust that mm-hmm. gut feeling. Yeah. Because th- it doesn't go out of anywhere. And instead of validating Topanga's concerns, the show really does tell us, it shows us that Topanga is overreacting. And I don't think she is. As a matter of fact, in this very episode, Topanga's mom is yelling at her. When she's like, I don't want, Topanga says, hey, I don't want to end up like you. Yeah. I don't want to fall in love and get married for the sake of getting married if I think it's going to end. And by the way, this boy has given me no evidence that it won't. He's given me no evidence that he's going to be faithful we know that he will i want to make it very clear to everyone listening out there we know Corey, but you gotta judge people by their actions yeah. and everyone is saying that is a good guy but as you pointed out five seconds ago he was like i want to marry you and then the next two seconds someone's like you want this puss? and he's like mm, yes <laughs> so topanga has valid reason to be concerned about Corey's fidelity and that i didn't even bring up lauren but if we wanted yeah. to bring up lauren we could so for her mother to be like what is wrong with you girl i'm not you you not me let it go i'm like why are you yelling at her she has valid no reason
1: and it's so strange how even topanga's parents center Corey in this whole conversation yes, yes. we at no point take a look at Topanga's issues just standalone. Even her parents aren't like, this is a family thing. They're like, no, we came back. E- Jedediah says to uh, her in the hallway before they go in to talk to Topanga, they're like, this is this is messing up her relationship with Corey. We have to do this. And I'm like, wait, Corey's your motivator? He wasn't when he was just in Pittsburgh? Like, but now all of a sudden you have to do this for them? No, I do not believe
0: this. And that is my point. Like, like I love what you said because... Even, like, even let's think about the fact that Topanga's parents come in and they're like, hey, this is what happened. Your father is in love with someone else. Topanga, again, just found this out and is rightfully like, oh, I was already worried about people not staying together and falling out of love. Not only have you fallen out of love, you are in a new relationship, in a new love, that quickly. It has not been that long Topanga, I was just gonna say, uh, Topanga, valid reasons, valid arguments, one hundred percent for them to come in and then say, Topanga, that has nothing to do with you. Our relationship is not your relationship. You should still give it a go. Get married. See how it. (laughs) See, like maybe love won't last. I'm not in love anymore, which is exactly what Topanga's afraid of. Yeah, what what she says, which I do like, is. I would not take back any moment with your father. And I I like that. Because that ultimate goal of, hey, sometimes things don't work out, but that's not the worst thing. Sometimes love is worth the risk and you may get hurt. That's part of it. I love. I think that's a good message. Because not every relationship will be an everlasting relationship. We need to accept that about more and more marriages. But for you to come in and say, girl just get married it's like no she's like marriage is a really big deal and to so tell her to ignore all of her gut feelings and just do it doesn't feel like good advice
1: and i think honestly as an audience we are cheated by them skipping the conversation between Jedediah and Topanga what we get is Jedediah and Riri in the hallway being like we have to tell Topanga this and then it cuts to Topanga saying I want you to leave correct we don't get the actual conversation and this is what I'm talking about by the episode spending time on the wrong shit like why are they skipping these pivotal conversations so I, I I mean yes to everything you said but in general I'm still like wanting so much more than I was given
0: no, and again, I want to say, I want to make it very clear. I think you're right to want more. And I think that we do Topanga and we do people who are in relationships everywhere a disservice by not allowing us to see Topanga's parents have a conversation with her together for them to talk through what it what happens. What are the signs of falling out of love? What was was the fact that jedediah was no longer listening no longer paying attention no longer did the little things you know like all of those things would have been great for us to see and then for corey to come back and like if he was like i've seen it done before but if uh had said something along the lines of he forgot that i liked lilies you know like yeah like he just like we went out one day He went and he bought me flowers to make up for it. And he bought me lilies. And he forgot that I'm allergic to lilies. Like that right there. And then later on in the episode, Corey comes back and he's like, hey, I got you daisies. And she's like, oh, you remember that I love daisies? And he's like, yeah, I always remember that you love daisies. Again, we're now seeing that Corey is not her father. And there is some kind of like parallel there. But we don't get that. What we get get instead is, and I, I remember this because Corey Topanga says... Um, she says, "I'm not rational," or "I'm being irrational." She says something along those lines. I can't. Yeah. Find- I'm sorry. And her mom goes, "You're not rational," and I was like, "But Topanga is known for being rational. That's <laughs> like that's her character thing. So for you to say that she's not being rational when she is, and to call it out as a flaw, which it's not. It's just like who are you talking to? Because all you had to say was." you are being rational and you're thinking about this and you're thinking and thinking and thinking. What you need to do is listen to your heart. What do you feel? How do you feel about Corey? Because you're overthinking this. Again, Topanga, a very smart person, someone who uh, intellectualizes everything. I could even get down with that storyline, but we don't get that (laughs) storyline. Instead we get, girl, ignore your mind, ignore your feelings, ignore everything, (laughs) every red flag and just marry this man so you can get married.
1: You are valedictorian of your class, but you are being more emotional than logical and you need to rethink things. What are we doing? (laughs)
0: Let's move on to the B storyline.
1: Yeah, yeah. Can I just say this one thing uh, about Topanga? When she finally decides to get back with Corey, she's like confessing her love for Corey while he's not even responding. And like, even at this moment where I'm like, she's finally giving Corey the thing that he wants more than anything, he's still not even listening to her and responding. And I'm like, this is what I'm talking about. Even after all of this, he still isn't listening to you. And so it just all feels like it's for naught. It all feels feels like it's for nothing at the end of it. I don't know.
0: I agree. Like, I expected, like, there's that joke, that little punchline where he's like, she's like, I want to be with you. He's like, so I guess it's over. And it's just like everything yeah. that she says to, like, reaffirm their relationship, he's misreading. I expected him to be like, oh, wait, what did you say? You know, like, because he had the script in his head. But they don't do that. Yeah, Topanga just pins him down. And it's like, you're not listening to me. Let me get on top of you to let you understand that i am now in this and it's like so cory didn't have to again i think the problem is we talk about this from a storyline perspective Corey's not active in this yeah things keep happening to him and he doesn't learn lessons he's just we are just told as an audience that he has learned a lesson but we don't see him learn a lesson because he didn't listen to her he just she just jumped on top of him. can i
1: say this They broke up in season three with The Grass Is Always Greener, and it took until the Disney World episode for him to finally win her back, and it was the big, like, reuniting thing at the end of the season. When the Lauren thing broke them up, they were done for weeks, for episodes and episodes, and then they finally got back together, and it was the whole show was building up to them getting back together. They treat them deciding to get married less than they do them deciding to date again Yeah, in terms of how they treat their reunion in this episode, and I'm telling you, viewing it all. It all just feels like it's it's falling flat for me. Like, why aren't they giving this the reverence? that She's deciding that they're getting married. They've decided, yes, we. after all of the season six, back and forth, we're finally getting married. It's finally happening. There's none of the weight of that. It all just feels like, all right, we're back together again. And it's I like- I agree with you. We're, agree I'm with bored. You. I'm done.
0: Specifically because, to your point, in each of the- But you know what it is? I just thought of it. When we first, like, when they first break up, Again, it's Corey's feeling like they're in a rut. Maybe we need time apart. Then Corey decides that he wants to get back together. He'll woo her. When the Lauren thing happens, again, Corey decides that maybe he wants a different relationship. Mm -hmm. And so they're broken up. And then Corey decides that he wants to get back together. So he makes a big gesture. This is painted as Topanga's decision for them to be separate. So Corey has already done his big gesture. He went to Pittsburgh. I tried. I ain't gonna try again. That's how it's set up, that it's Topanga who needs to repair this because Topanga's the one who broke this. And it's like, no, Topanga rightfully was like, hold on, wait a minute. My definition of love was challenged, and the guy that I'm engaged to is not making it any better.
1: And by teaching Corey, i.e. the audience, that, well, once you do the grand romantic gesture, it's in the girl's hands, it's taking away Corey's ability to learn to listen and to evolve in his relationship. He did the thing that was the showstopper for him, which was going to Pittsburgh, which is not what she wanted or needed. But to him, he did the thing. So now it's your turn. The ball's in your court. And it's like, no, no, it's still in your court because you've never done anything to prove you actually want to be with her. I... I honestly, bro, I'm so disappointed in their relationship. Like, I agree. It, as an adult watching this, it's such a letdown to see Corey and Topanga not live up to what they were in my brain when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. B storyline? Yeah. Let's get into that <laughs> B storyline because honestly, this B storyline, it, it, tell me this. Yes. Why are Jack,
0: Eric, and Rachel cheerleaders? Thank you. No, honestly, that's when. Like, if you want to go places, if you want to go places, I was like, when did they join the cheer squad? It's when, when so strange. We, they have shown no, like, no hint of athleticism out, like, at least Eric and Rachel. So why are they cheerleaders? Thank you. Because we were
1: raised on fucking bring it on. So we know not just anyone can join the cheer squad at a exactly. college level. No, absolutely, cheerleading squads are recruiting from high school at a yes. college level. They're not just going to take Eric because he wants it. I can't believe it. I can't do it.
0: Speaking of recruiting, that brings us to our, ro- our final role call, Grant Garrison, uh, who plays Jerry Mungo. And I'm not gonna lie, I enjoyed Jerry. I thought he was fun. I thought for like his one episode, he kind of like was endearing. Specifically, there was like a little bit in the episode where he. Okay, I know you're all waiting for it. Yes, turned on my Jerry. Jerry is. Oh, turned on my
1: Jerry. Oh, <laughs>
0: yeah. I oh, hope it's good. I like it. I like it. But no, um, Jerry's cute. I'll give him that. But. He actually was like a little endearing to me when he was like, hey, when they told me, when they paid me to go to this school, they didn't say nothing about no grades. I was like, oh, look at him. He just came to play football. It is not his fault that the school brought him here to play football and y'all aren't worried about his grades. That's like not on Jerry. I feel a little bad for Jerry. So I just wanted to give him credit because his performance like endeared me to him
1: um okay so i had a different approach to this storyline i said jerry we talking about the storyline is completely different no but jerry <laughs> plays a part in it because jerry plays a football player who hey feeny if you don't pass this kid if he doesn't study if he doesn't pass the test, he's not going to get to play the big game i and forgive me for forgetting boy meets world fans listening. I don't know the episode, but did we not have the storyline already in high school where someone had to tutor a jock in order for them to play in a big game? Like, to me, it just feels like high school shit. Like, I don't know how to say that, but like, to me, this just feels like Eric, Jack, and Rachel have literally shown no interest in penbrook as a school spirit type of thing absolutely and you know what i get it they're in college like showing us different college events why can't we just show them at the pep r- rally. Agreed. Why do they need to be running the pep rally? That's the kind of shit I'm talking about. Like, why do we have to have them so involved? Just having them attend the pep rally, just having them see what's going on with this kid who needs to pass the test, they can still get involved. They do not need to all of a sudden be a part of a cheer squad that I promise you we will never hear from again.
0: And that's my problem, is the fact that this will never come back up again. Like, oh, they're cheer, they're part of the cheer squad now. Watch like next week it be like, oh, no one knows who they are. They are like, <laughs> you know, they're the outcast of the school. It's just it's weird that we make them center stage when we could just have them attend a PAP rally. It's you fine. know what I
1: you know what I did see? But I saw Jack and Eric being cheerleaders and having dinner with Eric's parents. Yes. You thought that I was going to skip uh, over yeah. my Jarek moment?
0: I my was going to say, moment?
1: like, I'm not saying <laughs> one plus one equals two, but in this case, I don't know. Jack being at the dinner for the Matthews? Yeah. yeah.
0: When Sean's not. Like, it's it's a... it's a. By the a, way, where she... are they living? Are they roommates? The, I've talked to you about this. I had this whole conversation <laughs> where I was like, where are they? What is going on? I believe last episode they said that they were living in the girls dorm which I was like doesn't make sense because you can't just sublet someone else's dorm. That's not how dorms work but like whatever. Okay, whatever I'm letting whatever, it go. Yeah. I will say the B storyline is the most sitcomiest of like everything that we have a problem with. I feel like the B storyline is the most sitcom of it all and it like but well, there's so much but- attention paid to it that I wasn't sure it was the beat storyline. Because the, I was- Thank like, you. I'm, yeah.
1: There was so much attention giving to introducing Jack's gambling addiction into the show in such a ha way. But like, let's be real. Jack told us that he went to rehab. Yeah. Jack went through a 12-step program. Yeah. Jack almost cost his parents their vacation home. Like. This is a serious problem that was introduced as a joke that we're not going to circle back to. And like to throw out a gambling addiction to that degree as a joke is kind of wild.
0: It's kind of wild. It is. Here's the thing. We, having done it, we know the writer of this episode. We know (laughs) that he likes to go there and bring up like really heavy things. And I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed seeing Matthew Lawrence kind of play the zany one. We are so used to Jack being the straight man to Eric's zany, but to see Jack, to see, that his character quirk is oh no when it comes to gambling he gets a little twitchy he's like oh i gotta do it you know like like even to the point to where eric looks at him and just like yo you okay thank (laughs) you i'm so glad you brought
1: this up because i have to say like i feel like they've been doing dick with jack this entire time that they've had him for the most part like i feel like we had some storylines with him and sean when he first got introduced but now jack doesn't even pretend that sean exists anymore it's so weird whatever we'll move on jack is says like hey here's some insight to my history i have a serious gambling problem i went to re he says the words rehab in this episode it's a serious thing i love that we're getting this backstory on jack i just wish it was Given the gravitas that maybe, it, I, I don't know, it's zany, it's haha, it's sitcom, I get it. He has a gambling twitch. The way you said it made me think of it as a little bit more humorous. But the way I heard it was he's had a history of ruining other people's lives because of his decisions. And we're all playing this up as a
0: joke. No, I, I agree with you. I love First of all, let's just applaud finally getting to learn some more about Jack. Like, we just don't know anything about this guy who's been in our lives for a while now so they see that he has a quirk and he has a gambling addiction and like for not only for him to have a gambling addiction but for him to have a gambling addiction that he is ignoring and that everyone else is just kind of like should we be concerned and he's like no nah, no nah, nah. it's cool and like the uh, the joke of i went to rehab therefore i'm good <laughs> is it still a problem Maybe, but I went to rehab, so problem solved. Also, we're getting
1: insight into Jack's financial situation, which I think is very interesting. He has the kind of money that could get him out of a major sexual assault case. You understand what I'm saying? He has Brock Turner money, like (laughs) that's what I got from this specific episode.
0: And I think you're right, but like the idea of him being from that world and being able to afford to have a gambling addiction and it's not his money he'll exactly. care and eric not necessarily being that type of person but wanting to still come along and even like in an idea i kind of wish it had like brought it back to this but the idea of like what really curves uh jack's gambling addiction if we in fact never hear from it again which i expect is the case would be Eric wanting to get involved, and him being like, "Okay, it's fine when I do it, but if I if my behavior influences Eric to the point where he will do it, I can't do this anymore because even though I may have the money to spare or I may know what I'm doing, this motherfucker is crazy."
1: <laughs> can I give you a hot, Can I give you a hot take? Yeah, I'd love Dell. I told Wolf Riddell the first time I spoke to him, I was like, you don't understand what it means to me to speak to you. You are my greatest TV hero. Yeah. I hated Eric in this episode. What? I I found Eric to be so annoying in the Feeny scene, in all of the scenes with Jack leading up to it. This whole thing about him not understanding the stakes of gambling with mobsters, seemingly. I'm just like... At a certain point, you need to learn the lesson. I well, hope your thumbs end up in jars. Because it? clearly you, you are 20-something years old at this point, And there's no excuse for you to add money to a gambling
0: debt with bookies not knowing anything about sports. Like, to it's me— not-
1: it's a sure know. thing.
0: And it's one of those things where it's like, it is a sure thing. If this guy doesn't get his grades up, he's not going. And we know, to, like again, you said that you didn't like Will this episode. I enjoyed Will this episode. Okay. Why? Because of like lines like, what South African country abolished apartheid? And That's he not goes- his line.
1: Rachel asked no, no, that no. to the
0: football guy. He goes, Jerry the- says, Florida. Florida. Yeah. And Will says, well he we got one right. And That's funny. Like the idea of Jerry being stupid and then Eric not knowing that he is in fact stupid, is just thinking that that guy is smarter or getting it right. That's funny. Even the line where uh, morgan is like i hear he's dumber than you eric and eric goes no they're like you know like it's honestly i
1: get why you were charmed by it like because Wilfred was a fantastic performer however when looking at eric as a character have we not moved on from like the season four eric who like put his name into a magazine sweepstakes with every letter to make sure that he got... You know what I mean? Like, is there any evolution that's happening with this character, really? I get no. that he's zany. I get that he's comedic relief. We had this character go through a major breakdown in the previous season when he lost access to this boy that he had formed a serious relationship with. And so to see that he is literally nothing... But yeah. the most low hanging jokes at this point is a little upsetting to me as a fan of this character. That's just me. That's just well, me. I
0: I agree with you. Again, I think I think the problem is I looked at this episode as an episode. You looked at this episode as part of a series, and and because of well, that, by having that the introduction of Topanga.
1: Having the introduction of Topanga's parents come back, having this be a wrap up to the season six finale conflict, I have to apply that lens to it.
0: There's no other way. I'm not I'm not saying that you were wrong to do so. I said that you did it differently. Whereas I just watched <laughs> this episode as a television, of a, like an episode of television. That's it. And as yeah. an episode of television, I agree with you in the one sense that Eric, when Eric's in Feeney's office, and he's like, oh, let me go back in there. It's just like, okay, we're a little bit obvious. And then when Eric is like being dumb and he's like, what if he gets a 42? What if he gets a 20? Even Feeny's like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Like, 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 you're wasting my time. What's going on? Like, even like for Feeney to be exasperated with Eric in that way, where he's like, are you kidding me? It does kind of feel a little bit in the same vein of everyone ignoring Corey being like, What about me? I'm going to be the Penguin. In in the sense of like, people are not paying attention to you because you're not really growing as a character or human being. And even though you are probably going through some stuff as a character, you're more so being annoying. And this
1: is the shit we were talking about before with Corey. This is the shit that I was talking about where it's like, Amy and Alan, can we have a serious conversation about the people your children grew into? Because it's not just Corey. Like Eric is annoying to everyone in his immediate group.
0: So when are we gonna have a conversation about this? Also, I will say in this B storyline, I expected more from Maitland's character. Like, I thought that we were going to have Maitland be tutoring him. You know, like, they oh, wouldn't actually... that have been great to yes. show
1: Maitland as a serious student? To yes. show Maitland as a student who is involved with other people? No, she never is. She's never, she never has been, bruh. Yes. When are we going to be real about who Rachel is as a character? Because she's never been that person.
0: She, and that's what I'm saying. Like, to me, it's weird because I'm like, is Rachel smart? I don't know if Rachel's smart because I don't know enough about her. I've never seen her in school. We saw
1: her do that. Uh, no, we saw her that's i'm gonna push back we saw her pair up with feeney in that one presentation where she choked up and then feeney gave a conversation about like environment versus yeah circumstance or whatever
0: but that's my point my point is that doesn't make that she's smart why is she the one talking to jerry is my can i ask you a question when we just hold on especially when we just saw topanga sitting outside yes studying that's my point my point is go ahead
1: what's rachel's major bro we don't know know what jerry's major is and i don't know what rachel's major is
0: that's a very good point that's my point that's my point right there if she's
1: a history major if she said hey i'm tutoring you in history because i'm a history major thank you for enlightening us on what rachel's major is i don't know what she's in college for
0: I don't know what she's in college for. I don't know what Rachel's doing. She's a cheerleader at some point in time. She, uh, we never really see her in class.
1: Bruh, this one episode. I promise you, (laughs) this one
0: episode. (laughs) So, this is my whole point. I would have liked if Rachel was dating Jerry. You know, like, Mm. like that's her boyfriend of the week or something. Because again, we don't do anything else with her. Why can't that be the guy that she's dating? She's clearly not
1: dating Jack or Eric in either of these episodes, like in this whole season.
0: So why not? So that's, that's what I'm saying. I just was disappointed in Maitland's character because I felt like they could have given her more to do. Again, we always say this, one line, one little thing, and it would have brought her in in a way that made sense, instead of for us seeing Rachel tutor this guy when we have no idea Rachel's own level of intelligence.
1: I would love to talk to Maitland Ward. I don't know who is listening who can make this happen. I have so many questions for Maitland (laughs) Ward about what she thought of how Rachel was written from beginning to end. Cause I have so many problems with her character all through season six. And I was optimistic that season seven, Rachel might be different, but she really is never given the depth or the care that even Angela has been given on the show. Like she's never taken seriously as a character.
0: She's never taken seriously. I think the only person who's written with less depth would be Morgan. I feel Hmm. like every other character. um, Or Amy. Or name a woman.
1: Insert (laughs) woman's name here. Topanga. Sure. I would believe you because the women aren't given the time.
0: I agree, and that like that's why I said I was disappointed with what we did with Maitland, uh specifically because it doesn't even tie back into what the boys are doing, you know, like I like I expected. The boys in...
1: have gotten into a such what this episode paints as such a high stakes situation where they could encounter violent repercussions and what we see when they inevitably have to face the consequences of their actions is not them having to problem solve the way out of it not them having to use their wits or use their community to help them what they do is they escape to an amish community and now we're into a whole other sitcom situation what the fuck is going on and
0: why isn't this more about topanga (laughs) a i'm with you with why this isn't more about topanga b you brought up in the amish and i have been waiting to say why are the amish here the amish are oh i can answer that that conversation okay what is it
1: philadelphia pennsylvania the the amish are prevalent in pennsylvania
0: i get that but they don't have a football team that they play other colleges with and the amish is a community of people it is not a school that's my only thing like they didn't say um abraham amish high you know like that's not what we're playing against or you know uh what is it called uh Je- Je- Jebediah's technical school of butter churning. Like they don't say any of that. No, they- this <laughs> is against
1: the Amish community. It's personal.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and it's just and you
1: know what? I can't think of a better way to say fuck the Amish than on a TV show in a format in which they will never encounter.
0: <laughs> not never, but I, I mean you're not wrong. And again, it's supposed to be hijacked, it's supposed to be funny. Um, I just it felt weird. And it also felt to me, I'm just going to say this. It felt a little like the Amish, like, you know how a lot of sports teams will have um, insensitive mascots? Oh, them 100%. Play, them playing the Amish felt like they felt like it was the safe way of going. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just, I like, oh, feel need- like.
1: Honestly, we all need to have a conversation about Amish rights, guys. The Amish have been left out of the conversation for far too long, and now they're being attacked by the by the majority. And we just honestly need to stand up. We need to stand I'm, up for the I'm Amish. I'm
0: saying. I that.
1: stand with the Amish. <laughs> Hashtag.
0: I'm ignoring you. <laughs> I'm saying that. <laughs> It felt like they were like, we need a rivalry team. Should we make it the, what I'm going to call it, Native Americans? Well, that's problematic. Should we make it the, you know, Colonials? It's like, that's problematic. So they just went with, like, the joke is it's a protected group that would be offensive, but this is one we can get away with. That's what Honestly,
1: it's fair. punch. The- Hunched down to a white group that won't hear the message. I, I get it.
0: Uh, you have to live with the fact that you said that. I didn't. So there's nothing no me. Okay. Uh, in general, I will say uh, also the idea of Eric going back in there, taunting Feeney, and then Feeney changing his mind. And Feeney saying, well, I didn't think about school spirit. I was like, okay. Okay.
1: Here's <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Because this, I mean, immediately it reminded me of the season four episode where the school's getting like graffitied because the kids are upset with the final schedule. Yes. Yep. And Corey, Sean, and Topanga stand up for John Adams High or whatever. I think it's
0: season three. Season, season
1: three, thank you, whatever. Uh, please, thank you. Um, the only reason that I bring that up is because like, Beanie is not the dude to be like, hey, I am going to overlook this person's educational deficiencies for the betterment of school spirit. That is not who George Beanie is. That motherfucker blatantly says so in the beginning half of the episode. So to say that, like, Eric said something, which, by the way, Honestly, if you're just watching this episode for the first time, you could probably take this at face value. You probably aren't questioning this, that Eric was able to talk George into it. Because I feel like the the dialogue that Eric says to Feeney is believable enough. But for those who know Feeney as a character, know that he would let the students fail so that everyone can learn an ultimate lesson. That education is the reason why you're in college.
0: Yeah, well, I will. I will give them this. They actually, they, they try to have it both ways. In the sense that they have Feeney say, but then Eric talked about school spirit and I forgot about school spirit. And you're like, wait, what? Feeney would never. Feeney don't give a fuck about school spirit. He care about school. However, they, did, they then say that Feeney was inspired to tutor Jerry and Jerry was able to then get the grade that passed. And again, I agree with that. But why don't we just say that? Also, yes. if Jerry was being tutored by Feeney, then what was the point of Rachel? Again, we're not split, we're not going to look too closely. It's just one of those things where I was like, you guys are mixing messages, and it's weird. Um, all of that said, I, I'm ready to wrap this up because I feel <laughs> like I feel like I'm really happy that we got um jack develop um because we don't get any racial development so at least we're getting development for someone i really liked the dynamic of eric and jack and the idea that jack has this problem but because eric gets involved and makes it worse that is incentive even though we don't really say it explicitly it's incentive for jack to kind of re-examine his own history with gambling um Although it is weird that we have like this whole little side piece of like Amy being like, I hate gambling. I hope none of you kids ever get into it. It's like, oh my god! Wait, why are we here? Is so this much. So episode or not?
1: <laughs> thank you so much for bringing this up. We never talked about this, and I have to spend the moment talking about the fact that it comes out that Alan has been gambling on the college games and. Amy says in front of her children, I'm very uncomfortable with this. And it's just played as a joke. Well, once says, again, we are shown that a lasting marriage is based on never pressing the issue, never standing up for the things that make you uncomfortable. Just let
0: it go. She says, you know, I hate that you gamble. And he says, that's why I do it. So, in
1: front of her daughter, can you imagine what Morgan is growing into
0: as a person? No, she hates her dad. She hates her dad. Um, The reason why I even brought that line up is because it leads me to my bra moment. I usually ask you what's your bra moment. But my bra moment is we open up with Eric, who is a cheerleader, looking up someone's dress. Yep. (laughs) And... Not only does he look up some girl's dress, but Jack later says you'd rather look up someone's dress than whatever. I don't know. It's nonsense reason. And he goes, by Panty. I mean, Patty. And it's like, okay. Okay.
1: (laughs) This show
0: can't decide if
1: Eric is a ladies man or not. They can't decide if he is attractive or not and like they keep going back and forth on both of those things in a way that's confusing for me as an audience because i have to say taking in boy meets world as a series i would say that eric is an attractive guy who had a lot of girlfriends at the beginning of the show what happened to that why is it this thing to where he is so like, he can't even get a girlfriend and he's like desperate. Like it's so weird because Wilfred Dell is an attractive person. So I can't Absolutely. pretend that he is this like nerd that they're trying to play him into.
0: To so your point, you just made me realize why, why do we even put Corey in the costume of the penguin? Because what would make more sense is for Eric to be hiding in the penguin costume. Yep. Like, that's what you do. You just make it aware. Like, bro, you're literally
1: making it... my blood boil thinking about Corey becoming a penguin. I can't even <laughs> talk about saying, that shit. The, it's they, so they stupid. Make,
0: they make Corey do the swap where he's like, I'm the penguin. And then later on, it's revealed that he's not the penguin. Yeah. But like, if Eric needs to hide, which we established, why would Eric not be the one in the penguin suit? And the reason why I said all of that is because... You're right that a girl is hitting on Corey, but not Jack and not Eric. And those are two available single guys. Unless everyone else thinks what we think, which is that they're not single. <laughs> and oh, I think they are very happening... much in a
1: relationship. Also, what I <laughs> gathered from this episode is that that girl is – desperate for penguin dick it has nothing to do with Corey and everything to do with
0: her being a furry i told you she just... it was more about the costume than about Corey. 100%. she loves a man with a uniform uh sorry uh okay well, let's, just, a moment. Let's, just, let's just let's get through this what is your problem Bru-
1: my brub- brub moment was not eric looking up the chick skirt at the beginning of the episode it was at the end of the episode when jack implied that eric uh sexually assaulted an amish woman
0: yeah yep yeah, exactly so
1: just that that's yep. my that's my bruh moment Casual sexual assault sexual assault
0: and by erasure again i i'm sorry mm-hmm. that's the only <laughs> thing that it will get me through this season is just accepting that eric and jack are bisexual they are in a bisexual couple um because it makes all their interactions make more sense and by the way for anyone who's just like oh god you gotta make everything gay i i promise you i would not care if they weren't but their dynamic doesn't make sense otherwise even Corey and sean have like some like relationshipy moments but not to the level of jack and eric like they are each other's life partners in this show at this point in time. And, like, again, you have hot women hitting on everyone. Nobody, nobody gives Jack a second look. So, And
1: in a show where they wrote his own brother to have Flavors of the Week in the early part of the series, where Shums with a different girl making out seemingly every episode. There's no reason why we can't write Jack to be that. But do we? No, we don't. We show him... At the Matthews having dinner with his roommate, quote, unquote, we show him dress up in uh, a themed costume at the end within the Amish community. I'm sure they had fun with their own little role playing. Very cute. I'm here for it. The
0: same thing, which is what I was going to say is the idea that where Eric goes, Jack will go. Eric's a cheerleader. Jack's a cheerleader. Ericson Amish country, Jacks in Amish country, um, and the idea of again they constantly show Eric, not Eric, Jack is upset that Eric is looking yeah. at someone else. He's jealous. He got problems with it. So I'm,
1: you just brought something up to me, which I feel like is so important, which is Jack will follow Eric. He will follow him. Follow him wherever he will go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what is the lesson?
1: The Feeney lesson of this episode is Topanga, your girly emotions have gotten in the way for far too long. Just shut up and get married. I wish there was a better Feeney lesson. Give me one.
0: Prove me wrong. I don't have one. Uh, You know what? I'll say this. The ultimate lesson is... Even if a relationship doesn't last, it doesn't mean it wasn't worth it.
1: Thank you That's... so much. Okay. You know what? I, I'm so sorry to interject. That is 100% the phoenix lesson that I wrote up before we had our conversation and I got sidetracked with all these other things was that I love this lesson and I wish it had been the main focal point because I feel like the football bullshit took up a lot of the storyline but Topanga's mom saying to Topanga it's not about the length of the relationship it's the fact that you had it at all it's such a beautiful lesson it's such a mature lesson that kids like would. it would be hard for a child to understand that like hey just because this thing doesn't last for forever doesn't mean it wasn't beautiful and important and that you shouldn't value it for the like your the length of time you had with it. Like that's such a great lesson, but it's kind of underplayed by a lot of what else is happening in this episode. So again, I'm so sorry to interrupt. That's something that you brought up that just sparked something in me that I knew I needed to say before we would close that.
0: No, and by the way, I appreciate that because the only thing I had to add to that was, um, I like, like you said, I like that that's the lesson, but I also like a line that Marshall Cross says, she goes i may not still be a wife but i'm still your mom Mm. i'm still a mother and i was like yes this idea of look my my marriage and my relationship with your father didn't define me Uh, there are other things there are other she
1: says something to the effect of i would never trade what we had even if i knew it would not last forever such a mature Way yes. to look at love, such an Correct. important lesson for Topanga to learn. Is this the way I wish she learned it? Not at all, but I'm glad Correct. she learned it. And in terms of like the show having the heart to where, when we first started talking about this episode, you were like, hey, I feel like this show does accomplish the goal it was set to accomplish, which is Topanga and Corey are broken up and then they get back together. It's it's focusing on this aspect that I feel does that, that puts the Band-Aid on, that allows the audience who's looking at the forest and not the trees like I am to be like, okay, there's a lesson that was important that was learned that makes all of this bullshit worth it, even if I don't think Cory and Topanga really had a great reason to break up and to begin with.
0: I agree. Um, what grade are you giving this? Uh C. C+. plus. That's what I'm doing c plus i'm doing the c plus here's the thing i told you i had fun for the episode being the episode that it is that's that's where i'm at i i also i think it's because i just black out uh cory's involvement at all and it makes it better but i i thought ultimately wow. i enjoyed the lesson so c plus that's that's i we get it okay um homework what homework do you have why
1: don't you start with homework bro what have you been watching what have you been ingesting what have you
0: been interesting in? what would you like to recommend to our listeners absolutely i watched wonka um i watched wonka and i enjoyed it did you
1: know it was musical when you
0: watched i did know it was a musical because ever there's this running theme whenever they're like a brand new take on a classic they're like so it's a musical just say it's a musical yeah (laughs) and by the way for people who don't know this musicals have always been used and always made a resurgence when we are in a down economy because people need joy they need laughter they need songs when the outside world is very heavy so that's your bottom to- dollar bro that tomorrow <laughs> there'll be sun exactly people need music and i i look forward to seeing other people's i enjoyed myself again this is a situation to where was it the best musical i've ever seen no but I was told, I've never seen Paddington. I was told it has the exact same feelings and vibes as Paddington, uh, and people love those movies. And I I also liked it because they weren't trying to be Gene Wilder. They weren't trying to do Johnny Depp. They were in their own world with their own rules and their own things with homages to um the Gene Wilder, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And those homages were just enough for me. It was just like, like if we're talking ingredients, it was just a hint of nostalgia, but everything else was its own, and it was fun. I had a really good time. I enjoyed the songs. Can't say that I remember any of them, but I enjoyed them. I enjoyed the way this made me feel, and it does make you feel. So, yeah, I enjoyed it you
1: know siege i don't know if you know this about me i don't know if i've mentioned it on the podcast but i do love a musical you i do. am a disney renaissance kid i also love you know all of the like musical movies that came out during the aughts like yes. phantom of the opera and hairspray and um i grew up on those um I I literally have zero interest in seeing this movie. I wish there was something about it that pulled me into it. I wish I liked Timothy Chalamet. I wish I was I'm... interested in seeing his version of Willy Wonka. But to be honest, I am so in love with the Gene Wilder Willy Wonka that I literally cannot get on board. I even as a musical, like all of Willy Wonka's movies have been musicals, if we're real about it. Yeah, no, but, I did it. I just, like... I, Timothy Chalamet and his costume really turned me off from the get-go.
0: If I can, if I can, I will push and, and say that you have no incentive to see this other than my word. And if you go okay. see it, I, I'm willing to put my word on the table and say, if you go see it, I think you'll be surprised. But you do have to separate... The idea that you are watching the Jane Wilder movie. I've heard a lot of people be like, oh, this wasn't a prequel. And it's like, it's not trying to be a prequel to that movie. It's trying to but be yeah. its own thing. So if you're able to, like, I mean, how many Spider-Mans have we seen? How many, like, we've sure. done, we've told stories sure. over and over again. And I just feel like Wonka is the latest property where they were like, hey, we could probably do something with this. Also, I will say I watched it being like, you intend for this to be a, on stage. You intend for this to become a traveling musical. And you do a job enough to where I watched it the entire time being like, oh, you will absolutely make this into a stage play. And I'll go see it. So that's that's how I felt about it. Wow
1: wow wow okay yeah i i Um. I think
0: it's worth i think it's worth the chance you you have amc pass just go (laughs) (laughs) you know what you're right
1: you're right i should i'm not picky i'll take anything i could get
0: okay uh what do you have for homework uh you know for homework i'm gonna throw out
1: tapas I've been really enjoying Small Plates lately. This is, it, this is not a conversation about movies, about music, <laughs> about any kind of thing related to entertainment. I just have to say that I've been really enjoying Small Plates. I like the idea of getting like a few bites of something and then working my way to something else. I like the idea of trying drinks and trying bites. And I feel like Tapa says that really, really well. Um, so, yeah, this isn't for anything specific, not even a specific restaurant. I've just lately been like in a Tapa's mood i want a bite of this i want a bite of that i want a taste of this i'm gonna dip this in that sauce and then i want to move on like i don't need to dedicate my entire belly space to one meal anymore i want to have a little bit of this and a little bit of that so in general
0: tapas tapas is good tapas is a good select Tapas does bother me because I like portions. But you're right. If you're doing a little dribble dabble, I I think it's I think it's granted in this economy
1: in 2024. (laughs) No, obviously tapas are not a smart financial decision. Uh But when you really want to treat yourself, nothing says treating yourself better than paying $18 for two bites of something.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Splurge. Splurge. Yeah,
1: it's like the world's ending, whatever. Have fun with it. Absolutely.
0: Okay, well, thank you. Let's all go have some tapas, watch some movies, have a good time. You guys, next week, we will be covering our interview or sharing our interview with Gary H. Miller. Oh,
1: Oh, oh, can I talk about this for one second? For those who do not know. Gary H. Miller, who I am so excited to talk to on our next episode. Um, Not only did he do some of the most pivotal episodes of Boy Meets World, specifically like the emotionally heavy episodes of Boy Meets World, such as When Sean's Father Dies, or the drinking episode that happened in season five, he also has been pivotal in other incredible television shows, such as Laverne and Shirley, A Different World, and he was like a showrunner on Fresh Prince during like the the prime of the show so like exactly. the co- I, the conversation that we have with him is so great and i'm so excited that we were privileged to have it and i if, for those of you who usually skip over like the bonus episodes of pod meets world like i get it but like this one is really fun and i encourage you to
0: them. them. absolutely completely agree you guys check us out next week when we interview gary h miller uh in the meantime we wish that you would dream Oh, um, if you're gonna dream, why don't you try? Uh, and and do good, do better than what we're doing, whatever this is. <laughs> just do better. I'm just gonna say do better. Don't even do good. Just do better. All right. Uh, later, Russ.
1: Later, Russ. This episode of Brumbies World was produced by Season, edited by Tony Curtis. Brumbies World is a two-free tokens media production hey
0: Bye. When the spawn meets
1: world.